0: Go to the slash transistor
1: and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to the slash transistor. Start growing your podcast today.
2: Welcome to Take 10.
3: 10. I'm Kyle Wilson from the Marvel Movie Minute and the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast, and with me is my co-host, Rob Gabasco. Hey! hey. So we have another list of ten things, and in this episode, as you saw by the metadata on your device, we are talking about Star Trek. So we are picking... 10 episodes of Star Trek. Are these the best episodes? No. They are just 10 episodes we want to talk about. Star Trek has been on our mind a lot lately for a future project, which you'll be listening to hopefully uh, in the near future. Uh, but it, while we were talking about it, we started talking about all these different episodes that made a big impact on us that we really liked. And so we decided to do this episode about that. There's, we can, we're talking about all the different shows. So there's of the all the different live action series, animated series, anything that has been televised, I should say. So like movies off the table, like we're just talking about specific episodes of the show. But after that, all bets are off. Like if you want to talk about five next generation episodes, sure, go for it. Uh, we, we put no other rules on it beside that. And so we also have not talked about what each of its are. So it'll be interesting to see how much they overlap or, or don't or complement or contradict it's gonna be fun for us and hopefully it'll be fun for you too. So let's talk trek. So Rob, what is your first episode? What series and what episode?
2: Okay, so I'm gonna go uh this is weird. This I I am gonna go original series. Okay. I'm gonna start wow. with that, right? Okay, Which I know old school. And and I we wouldn't have thought that because we you know, I I don't don't consider myself necessarily a great fan of the original series, but there is an episode that I caught. Uh I've seen it many times because I just enjoy it. It is uh, the 19th episode of the first season. It is called Tomorrow is Yesterday. Hmm. And the, so the the point of this episode is uh, the Enterprise, get, Enterprise gets thrown back in time to 1960s Earth. And they have an encounter. <laughs> of with course the, they do. Of course they do. Because why would they not, right? <laughs> Isn't uh, yeah, it, I mean, people, like, yeah, well, I said that. They are <laughs> they, they very uh, back in
3: time to the right. era that the show is being shot in. Yeah, I mean,
2: now, now you it's would think to yourself, like there's budget concerns, there's budget constraints. Well, 19th episode of season one, <laughs> yeah, like we're like, yeah, we're, exactly. okay. but the thing I love about this is, I is that kid because I love, he, of course, he, they get, they have an encounter with an Air Force pilot and he's flying an F-104. So I mean, my father's experiences being in the Air Force, like I always just kind of been interested in this episode and it's just a really cool experience of them. They try to, the Air, the Air Force pilot has basically been given the authorization to intercept them. They're in the atmosphere. Like, you could see them, like, from the ground. You can see them in the clouds. And they try to tractor beam the plane. It breaks up. So they have to beam the pilot into the Enterprise. Mm. And it's a and it's a interesting story of how they have to interface with him. There's also something going on with the ship because of they've, they've time-traveled. Mm. And here's the reason why I love the episode. The remastered version the new special oh, yeah. effects of seeing the enterprise in the atmosphere really well done like oh. and i lo- and i just love episodes where things are merging right like again you know like you can go online and search for pictures of the, you know what would the enterprise look like if it was landing over san francisco right like this episode is that and it's got all the greatest stuff that makes star trek star trek spock gives kirk some of the most craziest I've had enough of you glances. (laughs) Stuff goes wacky. There's moments where Kirk is lit weirdly because he's made to look like he's a bit psycho and you get it all. Like You just get everything that people think of when you think of the original series of Star Trek. You get in this episode with the whole added benefit of yeah they've got a modern day pilot and then they have to go down to to talk to the air force people and he gets interrogated it's all the stuff that you expect from an episode i i just really enjoy this i know it is not usually on the list of top episodes of the original series well, i've never even heard of it before i'm not, a, yeah. I'm, not
3: a, I, I'm not a big original series fan i've right. seen uh, all those episodes uh so yeah that that, that all this,
2: everything you're saying is new to me oh it's so it is it is absolutely worth checking out and if for nothing else the the remastered special effects which the remastered version is the version that's available on Paramount Plus it, the enterprise looks awesome like cool. they Okay, they just did a great job of. They did a great job of not making the best Enterprise they could make. They made did a great job of making the best model looking CGI Enterprise <laughs> that they could make because they're they're trying to be you know true to the original source material. So, yeah. uh, tomorrow's yesterday, the original series Tomorrow Star Trek. Yesterday,
3: very nice. Well, I ended up with kind of a theme though I did not intend it when I started. <laughs> so one of the things I really like about Star Trek is how malleable it is in terms of what they can do, and so a lot of the episodes I did are, are very much off the beaten path. They're, they're non-traditional storytelling in a, in what can be a very traditional format. And one of those things that's really cool about Star Trek is when they go deep into the roster. So, I really like when... You, there's great Kirk episodes, there's great Picard episodes, you know, there's great Cisco episodes, but when they sort of go down the into the deeper bench and, and make secondary characters and give them the spotlight, I really enjoy that because it shows... How strong the show is that they can have other people than the leads on, and it's still a great episode. So, the first example of this I, I have for you is from my favorite Star Trek series, which is Deep Space Nine, and it's called The Magnificent Ferengi. So this was from oh, no. season six, episode ten, uh, from December seventeenth, nineteen ninety seven. So the, the synopsis says: When Cork's mother Ishka is captured by the Dominion, Cork, Rom, and Nag lead a team of Ferengi into a meeting on Empoknor with Kivan as their payment. Now I know that doesn't mean a whole lot to people who haven't seen it, <laughs> but what's cool about this is they had this uh, they, they had done so much work over the course of the of the seasons, and obviously this is season six, so they had done you know like over a hundred episodes by this point. They had built up the Ferengi. The Ferengi showed up in Next Generation as sort of the, the new big bad. And they were, they were short and they were mean. They had sharp teeth and, you know, they, they always wanted profit. And they kind of flopped. But they were still out there. And when they got to DS9, they really had a one as a lead character. Quark was a, a lead character on the show. He was on every episode. And so the culture of the Ferengi developed. And over the, by the time they got to Season 6, they had had multiple Ferengi, So they decided... Why don't we have all the Frankie we've introduced in one episode? And so they made essentially a, a Magnificent Seven slash Ocean's Eleven style episode, and they brought all the actors who had played Frankie back to be Frankie again and have one Frankie centric <laughs> adventure. And it was really cool. The, the only one who didn't get to be in this was Wallace Shawn. And the only reason why is because Schedule like he was a busy working actor So they couldn't get him to come at the same time But they have everyone in this All the lead the A story Is all Ferengi and it's None of the lead cast except for Armin Shimmerman as Quark And it's so fun and so silly And so over the top Uh, And you get not only do you get Jeffrey Combs Who's like the the secret weapon Of latter day Star Trek He's been in almost every Star Trek series And every time he shows up he makes the show better But Freaking Iggy Pop! Iggy Pop is in this episode as a Forta. Like, like, he was a big fan of Star Trek, and they brought him in, put him in makeup, and he's a part of the show. He's who they're ransoming off in order to get uh, Quark's mother back. Uh, it's it's silly, it's over the top, it's funny, it also has a little bit of heart to it, too. I think it's it's a great, great episode, and it shows sort of the, the strength of Deep Space Nine that they can actually just take an episode off of, of major plots and... and all the uh, Bajoran religions and, you know, Cardassian schemes and just have a silly Ferengi episode. And it turns out to be a
2: great, great episode. That's a, what a awesome pick. And I love the Ferengi. I love it. But I will tell you though, just uh, as if he needs more props, but please do. Armin Shimmerman. Yes, Armin Shimmerman. He, I don't, I don't even know. Like you don't get, you don't get the Ferengi without Armin Shimmerman.
3: No doesn't happen. Yeah, in the same way that, like, Latter-day Klingons are on the, off of the shoulders of Michael Dorn. Yes! Like, framework because of the hard work that Armin Sherman put into making Quark a three-dimensional character.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, i came back from
3: there. And, and say, I mean, like you, could say, you could say the same thing about Leonard Nimoy and, and Vulcans. Like the sure, same, like sure. These guys did the, the hard work, and everyone that comes after, their job is that much easier because of the hard work that these guys have put in week after week. Yeah, Arshimrin, one of the greats. He does not get enough credit for how much emoting he could do under that much latex. Uh,
2: Well, what a good pick. That's a great DS9 yeah. pick. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Fun one to start out with, I thought. All right, very cool. All right, I'm going to continue. Uh, I did have a little bit of a theme with mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one, uh, yeah. look, I have a soft spot for this episode, even though I know a lot of people talk about it. This is... Uh, the 15th episode of the third season of Star Trek The Next Generation, Yesterday's Enterprise. Oh, good one. I love that. First of all, the greatest thing what I love about this episode is and other shows do this in that, okay, so there are gaps in their history. The show has a gap, right? Mm -hmm. The the best thing I can come to explain this is is Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. So when Doctor Who returned in 2005, you know, there, there was a little bit of a gap, right? And they kind of alluded to all this. And then Stephen Moffat, towards the 50th anniversary fills in the gaps of what oh, yeah. happened between doctors. Right. And things that you never thought you'd see. And you're like, Oh my God, I'm seeing this. This is amazing. Yeah. Right. That's what this episode is. This episode fills in the gaps of, well, where's the other enterprise deed. I've been watching the show now. Yeah. What's what happened. Right. Yeah. And it does it and it does it so well. This was such a great episode, not just because you get to see another enterprise. You had a surprise cast return, cast member returning. Yep. it's it, it has harkens back to a very classic episode of the original series, mm-hmm. alternate universe and timeline. I just, I always yeah. have a, spot, a soft spot for this episode. It's such a great, um, and it's
3: such a great episode, but a great design. Like the fact that yeah. they were able to show, they, they redesigned the whole ship and the costumes and everything just subtly enough. To show that it was different, but not enough that they were going to break their budget. Oh, yeah. Lighting. Lighting yeah. makes Light, such the Lighting difference. was a big thing. But, like, the, <laughs> the pins and the sashes and the
2: difference in yeah. the, the badges and all these little subtle touches. Yeah. Oh, no. Everybody had what a great amount of fun, a lot of creativity in terms of yep. production design. Because, again, yeah. you're right. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to blow your budget right on this. But and some really great character stuff. I mean, not only is it uh, uh, Tasha Yar returning, right? Like, yeah. You've got Whoopi Goldberg has is, yeah. is integral to the story. I yeah, mean, because she's the only one who notices that something's going to miss. Something's going to miss. And the way it's just the way it's done, uh, it, even I know it's maybe it's a cliched pick, but I don't care Watch there's it. there's a it's reason awesome.
3: why it's it's mentioned in you know top ten yeah. lists all the time, because yeah. it's a really good episode. Yeah. All right. So uh, my next one uh, is a little more personal to me. So while I love all the shows, I think of them as aspirational, where it's like, boy, it would be nice to be brave like Kirk. It'd be nice to be smart like Spock. You know, all these things were, but I never saw myself in any of the characters. I just enjoyed watching their exploits and watching, you know, I actually saw an article this week called Competence Porn. And the picture they used was Next Generation. And they said, like, these are like shows to watch people being really good at their jobs. And like, actually, that's like William Goldman said, people love watching people who are good at their jobs. And I, I feel the same way. But what if there's someone who was good at the job, but not, didn't quite fit in? And so I want to talk about Next Generation episode called Hollow Pursuits. It's season three, episode 21, from April 30th, 1990. And it introduces the character who I most identify with in all of Star Trek, and that's Lieutenant Reginald Barkley. Oh, nice. I love this episode. I, I, I love this episode so much, I bought the episode on VHS tape. Do you remember that? When they used to put out the episodes, one episode you would have to buy for like 15 bucks on a VHS
2: tape. Yes, are you serious? I bought
3: it and I watched it another time because this this spoke to me in such a deep way. So the, the synopsis says, a shy member of the Enterprise crew becomes addicted to the holodeck where relationships are easier than in real life when his knowledge is needed in engineering. So the idea was he's a brilliant engineer and he just doesn't fit in. They actually call him Broccoli. Because no one can ever have a conversation with him. He's socially awkward around people, like brilliant at his stuff, but he doesn't play well with the team. So everybody just sort of like writes him off. Well, as you you learn about him and he has this very rich fantasy that he lives out in the holodeck where he's the hero, where he saves the ship, where he's Cyrano de Bergerac, like all these things. Um, but when he's outside of it He can't relate to people And so there's even one passage that I have used I, Like when I was making mixtapes I would put this on there just as a, as a an explanation So he's trying to explain What it's like for him being around these people To Jordi LaForge, Who's obviously the, the chief engineer He says, I mean, I'm the guy who writes things down To remember to say when there's a party And then when he finally gets there He ends up alone in the corner Trying to look comfortable examining a potted plant And he says, you're just shy, Barkley. And Barkley says, just shy. Sounds like nothing serious, doesn't it? You can't know. And I'm like, oh, my God. Even the hairs on my arm go up because I'm like, I feel this in my soul. Like, this is social anxiety he's talking about. And I'm like, I didn't know other people Felt like this, thought like this, like mm. I thought this was just me, you know. Like I like watching, and I'm like, holy cow, I am Barkley. I like I feel awkward in these situations. I don't know what to do with parties. I don't know how to relate to regular people. Like, holy cow, like I and and luckily Barkley has shown up multiple times too, and they have never fixed him. Oh That's, yeah, uh, you know. So every right. time he shows up in multiple episodes from here on out, he's still a little bit off. Because right. it's like he's he's just has this this problem and he he talks to a counselor about it he's trying to figure things out he's trying to put this stuff together but he's in a work in progress and I love that yeah I've, I've watched this episode I mean how many I don't know how many times and it speaks to me on such a deep personal level and go Star Trek for actually addressing the fact that not everyone in the future has their shit figured out
2: yeah right no absolutely Dwight Schultz, mm-hmm. awesome. And Man. testament to that character, I mean, one of the few not of the seven that yeah. actually has a role in movies. True. Very true. Because that character actually does show up. Like, you see him. So that's a big deal. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Um. All right. My next pick. Okay. So uh, I'm going to go. I mean. I have to because I love this episode. And when this episode aired, it was it it was a part of the 30th anniversary celebrations. Okay, I'm going with Deep Space Nine. This is the sixth episode of the fifth season. Yes, Trials and Tribulations. Oh, uh, nice! And, and you, such and you, a fun episode. <laughs> it's not just a fun episode in terms of okay, wow. So what happens? Yeah, the the basically a short, small crew of the of DS Nine ends up being on the original Enterprise with James T. Kirk, right, and Spock and McCoy. Mm-hmm it still stands up. I do not know if the version that streams they've touched up. The special effects were incredibly well done for the time. Yeah. And and there's I mean not only did they recreate certain sets and stuff but yes, and yes there are some ridiculous jokes with um who's the uh uh, ter- uh Terry Farrell. Uh Oh, Dax. Dax. She's wearing the ridiculous outfit, like the yeah. ridiculous mini skirt, like you know, just yeah. suit that they would wear. You have all that. You have all these funny Little anecdotes between her telling Cisco about uh-huh. uh Bones I know McCoy, did, I didn't know he'd
3: be so handsome in real
2: life. <laughs> like, well, that like, oh, who, Kirk, and she's like, No, Spock. Spock. Like, oh. She has the comment with Bones where she's like, Yeah, I met him. I remember when he's in the academy, he always had yeah. the hands of a surgeon. Like, I mean, yeah. just stuff that you just go, Okay, and Cisco Avery Brooks' reactions to all yeah. of these things are like, What? But the greatest. The reason why I just love this episode is it's not just the special effects. The greatest moment in the episode to me is when Miles O'Brien and the doctor and they're all in the in the bar and Worf comes in and they're all being told that, oh, there's a table of Klingons over there. And they're like, what do you mean? Those just a bunch of guys with dark hair. Like, yeah, those those are are Klingons. And they all look at Worf. It is one of the funniest (laughs) moments ever. And Worf is just like, no, we don't talk about that. No, we don't talk about that with outsiders. No, no. And they're like, dude, what is it? Was it like gene splicing? Was it a a virus? What happened? No, no, we don't. No, forget about it. They're Klingon. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Oh,
3: that episode! It is that is. I, I was hoping that would be the, your final point on that too, because like that is such a beautiful piece of meta commentary. Such a great yes. continuity wink nod joke that like they acknowledge it in the show that the fact that like Klingons they first showed up were just guys with brown hair and mustaches, uh, dark hair and mustaches, and then by the time they get to next generation, they're with the full on heads. Right, like, the what head, happened the heads, between right. the two? Uh, you know, we're just, uh, not going to talk about it
2: and we and when when in future we get kind of an explanation yeah, exactly sort in, in, in the right. Star Trek Enterprise they actually do address why that is they make a whole right. really good arc about it and, and no the 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 thing that I think is great about this episode is again looking at another another science fiction show like Doctor Who I've mentioned yeah when they do the anniversary shows wait right, for places that want to do it when they're done well like the 50th yeah it's amazing this was actually a fantastic 30th anniversary event. Trials and tribulations. Yeah. They they nailed it. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's
3: silly and it's fun and yes. ties into continuity. Yeah. Good choice. Uh, yeah, I'm and continuing the love for my <laughs> favorite show. My next episode is also a Deep Space Nine show. And it also is a a sort of going along with Hollow Pursuits. It has a, an interesting sort of tie-in too because it's another of a secondary character that they decided to spend a whole episode on. But this one isn't necessarily about uh, the big sci-fi thing. It's not about ancient gods. It's not about machines. It's about dealing with a loss. So this episode is called It's Only a Paper Moon. It's from Season 7, Episode 10. So this is near the end of their run. And they they had basically earned enough that they could, like... Take a second, step back, and just have a character working through something uh, and in a really, really deep, meaningful way. So the synopsis says, In the aftermath of an injury that left him disabled on AR-558, Nog returns to Deep Space Nine, but finds he cannot go on living his uncertain life and seeks shelter within the fictional world of Vic Fontaine and Las Vegas 1962. So what had happened was Nog, one of, the, one of the great secondary characters in Deep Space Nine, uh, was joined Starfleet Served in the war and lost a leg And so he actually had an artificial Leg through the rest of the series And here he's dealing with That basically this is About being disabled And post-traumatic stress and Doing all this stuff like it, even though Medically the, the the leg is his Artificial leg is supposedly perfect and should Work perfectly, he says it still hurts him He says he can still feel it, it doesn't fit right it, All these things he and then he's having trouble getting back into normal life because of what he went through. He's having flashbacks, He's he came through. So there's a, a running thing in, in the later episodes of Deep Space Nine where they have created a holodeck that is just running Vegas all the time. So like they, they had an adventure and they created like this side thing where they are getting in Vegas 1962. Well, it became so popular, they just leave it running all the time now. So people can go in and out of Las Vegas 1962 in this holodeck whenever they want. And Vic Fontaine is a, Character from that hologram that uh, he's from that holodeck adventure, who's just around all the time. He's like basically almost like an artificial intelligence. He can you know, he's the host. He's there to, but he also controls himself so he can shut himself off if he doesn't want to be around anymore. He can you know do whatever he wants. So uh, then Nog starts living full time inside this Vegas thing and leaving reality behind because here their things make sense. So they get into these these real things of like how much. Is that good in terms of like getting away from your problems? And then how much is it? Are you just running away and you're not solving anything? So there's actually another piece of dialogue I'm going to read, too, that Nog finally is talking to Vic Fontaine about what he went through and what's what's happening. So he said when the war began, I wasn't happy or anything, but I was eager. I wanted to test myself. I wanted to prove I had what it took to be a soldier, and I saw a lot of combat. I saw a lot of people get hurt. I saw a lot of people die. But I didn't think anything was going to happen to me. And then suddenly, Dr. Bashir is telling me he has to cut my leg off. I couldn't believe it. I still can't believe it. If I could get shot, if I could lose my leg, anything can happen to me, Vic. I could die tomorrow. I don't know if I'm ready to face that. If I stay here, at least I know what the future is going to be like. And so Vic answers, you stay here, you're going to die. Not all at once, but little by little. Eventually, you'll become as hollow as I am. Come on! That's Ron Moore, baby. That's like the, you know, who went on to create Battlestar Galactica and now for all mankind. Directed by Anson Williams, which I thought was a fun little (laughs) tie back into, uh, uh, you know, television past. But, like, this is a sci-fi show about aliens and robots. And they're taking time to talk about PTSD. And about learning to live with a disability and face reality even when it's horrible on a sci-fi show. I mean, yeah, this is what, yeah. this is where Star Trek sings because it's not about ray guns and flying saucers. It's about the characters and what they go through. And when they can take a moment to have a character work through something like this, positive or negative, I think it's when the show is at its best.
2: Oh, good. Okay. Good pick.
3: Don't worry, they're not all as heavy. <laughs> I have some other fun ones going on, so I'm not going to be you know, making everybody cry over the next couple episodes, too. Oh, no, but like, the, but, but those two, I think, are, are excellent examples of when Star Trek can really, really yeah. dig into something uh, and take a moment with characters you've grown to know and love uh, and make you feel something about them as opposed to just seeing what oh. scientific theory they're going to come up with to get them out of the mess they're
2: in. Oh, that's awesome. Um, okay, so I'm going to save my, my fifth pick. I'm going to save for a current show. I'm, I'm going to go back again to okay. uh, a, a classic Star Trek. Not, not original series, but Next Generation. Yeah. Okay. I love this episode so much. It is... Uh, this may have been the show, and this was in the fifth season. So I think this is the uh, 18th episode of the fifth season of The Next Generation. This is the episode that took me from fan to absolutely loves Star Trek. Oh, Cause and effect. Okay. And the reason oh. is because I still think this is such a, again, it, it might, might think it's a cheap trick. The enterprise blows up before the before the opening credits. Right. <laughs> so like that was a, that was a big deal. Yeah. But what I really appreciated about it was you would think, and I think Jonathan Frakes directs this episode and he's talked about how, okay. So the, the enterprise gets caught in this time loop. Right. Mm-hmm. And they keep blowing up. And they got to just send themselves a a hint and Data finally is able to do it and they prevent themselves from blowing up. First of all, the whole way they go about it is cool. And the best part about it is there isn't just one way they blow up the ship. They actually blow it up, I think, two different ways. So what's nice is that they actually did a little bit with that. I love the way that they tell that story, how they try to keep figuring out what's going on. But the best part is the ending, the payoff, is that... You find out that the why the, the well why they've blown up and you see it obviously the ship appears this ship appears out of like a, a nebulous cloud or whatever it's a, uh, I think it's a Reliant class ship it's it's yeah. the, it's the ship from the Wrath of Khan it actually yeah. is the ship the model that they used for that it's amazing and then the big surprise at the end is is that it's Kelsey Grammer yeah. as the captain of the Bozeman right at the end which blows people's minds um, it's just really fun I love. I love, again, merging stuff, I love seeing different generations all come together. What I didn't know is, okay, so when I, re- when I was doing the little research on this, mm-hmm. was that I never realized that, first of all, they originally planned it to be an original series Constitution-class ship, Oh, and they couldn't because they, they had to make a model then. They didn't have right. the model, they had the Rathacon model of the Reliance, and so they're just <laughs> like, okay, hey, we're just going to use that. But did you also know Kirstie Alley was supposed to be in the episode at the end oh, as Lieutenant Savick? that's fun! Savick was going to be like the first officer of Kelsey Grammer's captain on the Bozeman. <laughs>
3: that's a nice little uh, Cheers wink nod too. Well, well, wait. And they would they shot on the same uh, like Paramount, right? So
2: they're on the it, same lot. Well, but he, what's he? I don't know. Is he doing Fraser then? I, well, I either, forget. Either way, yeah, either way. But I mean, no, but she, but she couldn't. There was a scheduling conflict. That's uh, why she couldn't do that's it. Too bad. I mean, I, that's probably that's that's the public reason. Who knows, sure. right? So. She couldn't do it. First of all, you would have had first of all, you would have had the cheers connection, which would have been really funny. Mm, yeah. But two, you would have brought that character into the current timeline. That's true. That could have been amazing like yeah. wow, I never not knowing any of that, reading that, I was like, wow, that's amazing. I love the episode. Well, now I even love it even more for what could have been, but there you go. Cause and effect.
3: It's funny you should mention time loops because I'm about to hit you with one too, because mine is from Star Trek Discovery, an episode called Magic to Make the Sanest Men Go Mad. And say what you will about Discovery, but man, can they do an episode title so this is from season one episode seven uh from october 29th of 2017 uh the synopsis is as the crew attempts to let loose at a party harry mudd triggers a time loop that repeatedly destroys the ship and kills the crew in an effort to learn the secret of the spore drive and sell the discovery to the klingons so this is such a fun episode first of all rain wilson showing up as harry mudd Gets to show a whole new side of himself. Like that dude does not get enough credit for what he did. Like everybody's like, "Oh, he's just white." Like, no, he no. really has a lot of stuff he can do. And I hope that he eventually can find. I mean, he's been on Harry Mud a couple of times. I'm hoping that Harry Mudd is a character who will show up on uh, Strange New Worlds when that comes out. Whenever that comes out. Uh, but he is is really really good at being a bad guy in this. As being and so he and as he's gleefully. Killing everyone on Discovery over and over again. But one thing that's, that's cool about this is as opposed to some of the other time loop ones where the person who f- catches on to it is the one who can solve the problem, in this one, the person who catches on to it can't solve the problem. And so they have to keep convincing the people who actually. Can figure this stuff out, what's going on every single time, and trying to find faster and faster ways to get them up to date because they only have, you know, what I can't remember what the exact time is, but like basically half an hour uh, to solve this problem before it's going to hit the loop again. And the cool thing is, it's not, it doesn't come down to one brilliant idea. It comes down to the group of them working together uh, to figure this out, which is some of the best things Star Trek can do. It's such a fun episode. And it, I think it it, it is one of the best of the early episodes to show. you what discovery could do because at that point we were so bogged down in the 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 swearing and the and the klingons and the right. the dark i mean everything was you know like just heavy and dark and stuff too and this is like the most fun they had uh so far and it got to sh- give a little glimpse of what the show was eventually going to become uh so and if you're wondering that the title is actually a reference to the Ili- iliad the full quote is there is the heat of love, the pulsing rush of longing, the lovers' whisper—irresistible, magic to make the sanest men go mad. They're talking about Aphrodite.
2: So nice discovery. Well, okay. Well, that's funny then, because here I'm gonna, I'm gonna end mine with a discovery episode because oh. <laughs> I. Well, no, and, and here's the deal: what we did the not show, plan this at all. But and, and here's how great this is: what could the show become? Yeah, the third season. The second episode, Far From Home.
3: Oh, okay.
2: And and I'm going to tell you, this was, I think I remember when we were watching this live, like mm-hmm. when the season came out and I was like, okay, I'm all in now. Like, yeah, I, I struggled with season one of Discovery. Okay, yeah. I, but think, I think most of us struggled with season one well, of Discovery. Season two, I was still trying to figure out. Season three, all in from yeah. episode one. And Far From Home, what I love is it, it's where the, you know, the first episode deals with Michael's return, Michael's getting thrown into the future. Episode two is you find out what happens to Discovery. That is such a hopeful. It is such a what a statement on what people and and Saru, who's not human. Right. I mean, but still, what 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 sentient living beings can be, man, that episode just lit me up. I got totally excited for the whole season. If I remember right, that's a really good Tilly episode. Yes, is that correct. That's well. That's when where I they go. The right that, that's where they they have the the standoff with the guys in the, the shelter. Yes, yes. the yes. bar.
3: Yes, yes. Hilly is so great in that one. Yeah,
2: oh. she's one of my
3: favorite characters in the Star Trek, and and she had yeah, she really gets to shine in that episode.
2: So, it, uh, again, like if you're looking if you're looking for I don't know I mean I, it's so weird it just that to me summarizes what that show now is and obviously star trek's in good the future of star trek is really great just based on that so there you go far from home
3: so my last episode is actually not from any of these series and it's not from animated it's actually a short track so, oh. if you remember, there was a series of, between the first and second season of Star Trek Discovery, they did something called Short Treks. They were sh- mini episodes of different things going on in the Star Trek universe. And this one I wanna talk about is chronologically the final episode of Star Trek. It's called Calypso. So the the it aired, but didn't really air because you can only watch it streaming uh, on November 8th, 2018. So the synopsis is a human soldier wakes up aboard Discovery centuries after the ship had been abandoned and develops a close relationship with the AI interface that saved him. It is such a beautiful story and it... It has one actor. Well, i say two actors because they're the voice of the computer as well. But it's essentially like a a lost soul finds a desert island that's inhabited by you know, and and gets to live out his, his time. But it's told it's it's a it's over the course of you know the the forty minutes or whatever the episode. It's years, essentially, or maybe even a a year of time as this soldier from freshman war is healing himself, essentially, like getting back to mental and physical health on board this gigantic ship that can provide all of his needs. But he's alone Uh, and it takes place. Farther out than any Star Trek story we have ever seen, except for like the I think there's a Voyager episode that talks about the end of the universe, <laughs> right. but like furthest out in the timeline. So we don't know what has happened between it, but all we know is Star Trek Discovery. The ship is still around and is now sentient. So there's an AI that's running the ship, and so it's the two of them. And and then so he has to then decide: Do I stay in this place that's sort of perfect and I can live out, or do I go back to the war and life? And what did you do. It was the first Star Trek work by um, a novelist Michael Chabon, who's gone on to be one of the showrunners for Star Trek Picard. Uh, he is a great novelist. If you haven't read the Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, you should check it out. It's really, really good. And this is the first episode of Star Trek to not feature any uniformed Starfleet officers. I thought that was an Whoa. interesting note because there's no one in uniform. This because he's not a Starfleet officer, and everyone from Discovery is dead. It doesn't have oh, a crew anymore. Well,
2: well I want to... You know, you want to think that there's been at least, I don't know, one of those, you know, an odd episode of Next Generation or something where right. there wasn't... But I guess yeah, but this, not.
3: Yeah, I know. This says no. Like Even what on the stuff where they go to RISA or whatever, they're on there. Yeah.
2: What a great... Um. That is such a great pick because of what it... Yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly putting it out there like what happens. Yeah. Because that... It's centuries after. Well, I mean, it's, it's centuries after where they are now, or yeah. where. Yeah, yeah well, I they, mean, it's they,
3: but that's the thing is they never put a start date on it. So, but but she said that it's been hundreds of years since she's had anyone on board. So it's far out
2: there. Interesting. Yeah.
3: So and and uh. big shout out to Aldous Hodge. I love Aldous Hodge. He is so good. He is from Leverage. Um, he's been on a bunch of different shows. He's going to be in. Black Adam, I believe, next year with The Rock. Yeah. And he's just one of the best working actors out there. And he carries this whole short trek on his shoulders because it's basically just him talking to an off-screen voice. And he's so committed at everything he does. It's just, it's a great, it's a great, it's, and I think one of those things that I don't think enough people have seen Oh so yeah, no. It's on right. CBS All Access, or I guess now it's Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus uh, right. It's you can find it. I think it's there's a there's a, a section in the Star Trek area which I I, I will I would give a shout out to CBS All Access. Did not have great access. They like, did not have a great uh, menu design, but. Paramount Plus has a much better menu design. And one of the best things is they have a section dedicated specifically to Star Trek. Yeah, it's like all Star that. Trek, right? You can just nope. go right to Star Trek and all of the there. Yeah, Star Trek. It's called Short Treks. Calypso, check it out. It's really, really good. Now, there were two seasons of Short Treks. There's not, as they said, there's. They've not be said anymore. there's going to be any more, but I think just you know with COVID stuff, there's with like COVID stuff I mean, as yeah. we heard for the news just happened. They just had an outbreak and had to shut down production on Discovery, yeah, Discovery because. Because yeah. uh, you know somebody got somebody tested positive, so they're I think they're just struggling just to keep the show up and going. Yeah, much no, less makes, uh, trying to to add an extra stuff. And and also, Star Trek is is doing fine. Like with yeah, three yeah. series running currently, yeah, and short yeah. tracks. If you if you count that, four, uh, and I think two you know, more
2: on the way or yeah, whatever. Exactly. I mean, yeah.
3: And so yeah, the, the they're they're doing fine.
2: What an awesome man! Your picks are, uh, well, that, <laughs> like okay, I said, so, I went
3: a different way. Like, and I, and I, did, I just set out to like what ones had the most emotional impact on me. Like, I kind of think what resonated with me, as opposed to like looking at lists and not. Not I'm saying anything about you. I'm sure. saying this is how I approached it. oh no, uh, like, and, and I was like, what? And I would, I would even couldn't even remember the names of a lot of them. Like, oh, what was the yeah. episode where where he was yeah. his leg? And I sort of like went in and like, oh yeah, that, but, I want to talk about that one. Hollow Pursuits no, was number good, one
2: all all the time though. We, we, we there was uh the 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 courses were very good in this list that's why you listen <laughs> that's why you listen, uh that's why that's why we here right. take ten yeah. right. so uh
3: what, what did you have um for your uh worthy of mention? do you have any uh also you know
2: or... what I, I was trying to fit in but then i realized it's not it's not certainly that one of my favorite episodes but again i like it because of the what if scenario yeah uh was a voyager episode uh called uh shattered oh okay i know and that's that uh, what's the yeah. Um, Chakotay gets it's kind of like a sort of like a parallel universe thing. And he and Janeway are having to break out of this universe. And they and they wear like like a like a militarized version, like additions onto their uniform. Hmm. Um, I, I, Honestly, I had vague memories of it, and that's why it went to my bonus list. Yeah. But but I like the ones that, you know, sort of look at I love when you have either different versions of the same character and mm-hmm. then they've got to like work it out or there is that sort of like alternate universe like what is going on outside of the current time stream so yeah
3: i also did not have any voyager on my list do this too and it's not because i have a problem with voyager it's because all of my favorite voyager episodes are two partners like oh, every that's single right. one that i was oh, like yes. oh i want to talk about oh that's a two part that's right well. equinox Year of Hell, yes. Dark, Dark Frontier, like all these great, great episodes. All almost all are two parters, and I was right. like, oh well, by this, by our category, this maybe maybe we should do our, our favorite two parters at some point. But they didn't fit in. The one I want to shout out as a honor mention was one of my favorite episodes because my favorite character on Voyager was of course the Doctor. So there's an episode called Message in a Bottle where they send the doctor's signal to another ship that has this really advanced holographic system and when he gets there there's another holographic doctor and played by Andy Dick and so and then another and a group of uh people have taken over the ship and so it's up to these two holographic doctors to try and figure out how to take back their ship uh, it's a, it's a fun sort of one-off That's episode Oh, uh, I just remember that one being a lot of fun. Uh see that I mean, I mean, another DS9 episode for my uh honorable mention is I put on here I don't remember I haven't watched it in a while, so I don't remember if it's especially good, but I know that it generated a lot, a lot of nerdy conversations between my friends and I, and it's called Visionary. It's the episode where O'Brien dies. I know that doesn't narrow oh. it down for DS9 fans, but the it it, because of a time loop he's he's like uh, going through time so he has to keep repeating the kind of stuff and then he ends up meeting himself because of the time loop so like the because he's caught in it well the o'brien that we've been following for all those seasons then officially dies in an episode saving the thing and the one from the time loop goes on and relives his life so uh, they're both o'brien but the o'brien that we knew died and this other guy is now running for the rest of the show. And so it was like, we had all these discussions about, is it the same person? Like, his he's from a future that didn't happen, so isn't he like a a remnant of an alternate time? Like, we had all these weird, stupid, nerdy, scientific discussions about who was the real O'Brien, and is our O'Brien dead, and it's the same guy, but is it the same guy? Is his quantum signature still the same? You know, all these things, it's just for... Uh, being, you know.
2: Wait, he, remind he me. What Star did does. what did uh, what did uh, Keiko? What was his wife's name? Uh-huh. Keiko. What did she? Well, was she cool with that? What did
3: they, at the at the end? Of, well, that's because uh, Star Trek likes their reset button. They were a little weird about it. And they and then they never mentioned it again. <laughs> that's it. We're done. The, the episode was sort of a little bit like, um, are you still the same man? And you know, it got a little, you know, hinky oh, with it. Oh, with no. everybody like you know, they give, everybody gives a big hug and then that's and then credits roll because, you know, God forbid you deal with anything long lasting.
2: On the next episode, yeah, exactly. what's Odo doing today? Like- right, exactly. <laughs> All right, Works no. up
3: to his own shenanigans right. at Corks Bar, uh, and then my last I'll mention uh, was actually the very first thing of Star Trek I ever saw, which was the uh, original series episode called "The Man Trap." I didn't know what Star Trek was; I was a kid. It was in syndication, and it was about the salt vampire. If you guys remember that, uh, and I remember being really freaked out by the lady who was pretty, and then all of a sudden would turn into this monster who would suck the salt out of people to to live. Uh, that was actually my my first ever exposure to Star Trek, and I didn't watch any Star Trek again for like another ten years after
2: that. <laughs> oh, that 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 uh, character design was frightening. It was yeah, horrifying. It was it like out of the out. Twilight Zone.
3: So those are our, our our ten episodes of Star Trek. I hope that you found something in there or inspires you to go back and and watch something maybe you haven't do. If you've never seen any of the series, thing I would say these are probably good jumping on points. You know, yeah. you could just, like, go in and watch sure. it and kind of get an idea of what Star Trek can do. Uh, if, if you respect our opinions at all, I don't know why you would, but you could. Uh, hey. <laughs> and so uh, hopefully we'll <laughs> send you a direction that even maybe, maybe revisit a favorite or create a new favorite. Either way, hope you had a good time listening. We'll be back with another Take 10 list when we can think of something to take 10 about. Enough said. Bye. End program.
1: Andy, according to my friend Internet, this is what Letterboxd is. Letterboxd is a global social network for grassroots film discussion and discovery. Use it as a diary to record and share your opinion about films as you watch them or just keep track of films you've seen in the past. Showcase your favorites on your profile page. That is a lot. You bet it is. That's why I want you... To tell our fair listeners just one thing you do with Letterboxd that has changed the way you watch movies. Let them have it.
0: Okay, are you ready for this? So ready. I love lists. As of today, I have 246 lists in my account. I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand. I clone lists from other people. I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching. All sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool.
1: Maxiest animated characters. Andy, what is this?
0: We love Letterboxd. And if you're a movie lover...